0: Hello, and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Good evening. Welcome to the Sunday Night Battle Cry. I'm your host, Mark Meckler, and I'm glad to be back with you. It's a good Sunday night. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the country right now. That doesn't mean it's not a good night. We always got to have a positive attitude about this stuff, Right. Because we can control three things in our lives. We can control who we trust, what we do, and what our attitude is about what happens. That's pretty much it. You can kind of put everything in that category. So I always, even when I'm frustrated, even when I'm angry, even when I'm upset about what's going on in the country, I try to have a good attitude. Not always possible. (laughs) Sometimes I blow it, but I try to. One of the reasons that I can almost always have a good attitude is because I may be biased, but I think I have the best wife in the world. This weekend we sat, uh, we celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary. Kind of cool, the only time it will be 28 years. On the 28th, August 28th was 28 years for Patty and I. So that was yesterday, we had a fantastic day. Uh, we went out uh, pedal kayaking on Lake Travis. If you never had a chance to do that, it's kind of fun way to kayak. You can really cover some ground. So we went out there, got some sun. It was a beautiful morning. Even though we had thunderstorms in the afternoon, We were out there from like 11 to 1 and it was spectacular so that was awesome spending the day with my wife is always awesome so we did that we spent the morning together doing that and then we went out to a little bit of lunch and then came home and uh believe it or not we went wait for it great dane hunting (laughs) not as in hunting great danes but as in looking for a new puppy uh levi's a little bit lonely as most of y'all know we lost gideon Uh, My longtime companion, my friend, my great Dane, one of my favorite boys I've ever had. We lost him earlier this year uh, to a heart tumor. And so it's kind of time to fill that void. And it looks like we found uh, the new breeder, the new parents. So we put a deposit down. That means the new Dane will be born right around, you're going to love this, September 17th. That's Constitution Day. Seems appropriate for us. Seems really cool too. Patty and I have had great Danes literally since our honeymoon we got them on our honeymoon the first pair of great danes and so we've had them consistently throughout our lives together and so to get them or to to pick one out to put a deposit down on our anniversary seemed appropriate to have a dog that's going to be born right around constitution day seemed appropriate and we'll be able to bring the puppy home right around thanksgiving so that's pretty cool too so another thing to give thanks for along with everything else we've got to give thanks for so to my beautiful wife i say You are the best thing ever to happen to me, honey. It was a great day on Saturday. I did also on Friday night get a chance to go. I was in Nashville. I was hanging out with our past states team in Nashville. They had a summit of all the past states. They get together. The leadership gets together. They plan for the coming year. They trade best practices. They socialize. So I had a chance to hang out with those folks. It was a wonderful evening. Thursday, I was in Louisville, Kentucky for an interim hearing, a joint House and Senate hearing in the Kentucky Legislature. It actually took place at the kentucky state fair which was kind of cool to go there to see that facility in louisville and to hang out with a lot of patriots you might have seen some of the pictures posts there were a lot of people there pretty cool thursday afternoon it was like 95 100 degrees outside and everybody showed up for this hearing everybody in cos t-shirts the legislators themselves were taking pictures of the cos folks in the audience because we were the whole audience. So to my friends and my family there in Kentucky, love you guys, you're doing a great job. To everybody who came from Nashville from the 15 past states, love you guys. Very inspiring. And to my wife, of course, love you. So it's been a good week for me. I love to be out with the grassroots. Anytime I can do that, it kind of lifts my spirits no matter what's going on in the country. And we gotta ask ourselves at this point, what the hell is going on in the country? Don't trust Washington, D.C., on anything, ever, under any circumstances. And by that, I mean, by the way, both parties. Something just came out that really disturbed me, and we've got the officer who was involved in the shooting of Ashley Babbitt has now come out. He's essentially named himself. He did a softball television interview, and when you look at what happened and what he says about what happened, it's horrifying. Like, I withheld judgment until I heard more. Because I got to say, honestly, Ashley Babbitt shouldn't have been in there. She shouldn't have been climbing through a broken window. She shouldn't have been rushing the, the chambers, the house chambers. All of that stuff is bad. She was engaged in criminal activity, and that's not cool, right? And she should have been prosecuted for the criminal activity. And the question that we've all been asking ourselves up until now, I withhold judgment until I have enough facts to make a judgment is, did she deserve to die that day? And I think based on the officer's own statements, the answer is No, he said he had no idea whether she was armed or not. So he didn't even know he had no reason to rationally believe that she was a deadly threat. A single woman climbing through this window, didn't know if she was armed. The use of deadly force is very limited. You have to believe rationally that deadly force is about to be used, that she's going to do imminent harm. Right. And so she had no belief of that. And he said whether she was armed or not, he was going to shoot her. I mean, this is crazy stuff. And if you look at the cases around the use of deadly force by police officers, it doesn't seem to me based on his own statements that he was justified using deadly force. It seems like the investigation by the Capitol Police was a sham and a scam. And it seems like this this woman died for no reason now. Again, I want to be very clear. She shouldn't have been there. What she was doing was criminal. She was engaging in illegal activity. I don't condone any of that stuff. But I want to know, was this shooting justified every time that we have, A black person shot by a white officer. That white officer is convicted in the court of public opinion before anything even happens, before there's any investigation. So here's a guy that was able to hide out, not be named. He gets to name the time and place of his first interview, right? His first place to be named. It's a softball interview on the mainstream media. And it's all okay, apparently. And the reason it's all okay, I'm going to pause it, is because she was white, she's a veteran, and she was a Trump supporter. And so that's why you see entirely different treatment. I think this whole thing, this investigation, it's a sham, a scam, and we need a real investigation. And by the way, if the Republicans in Congress had any ah, testicular fortitude, let's put it that way. Seems to be a phrase I like lately. If they had any of that, they would conduct their own investigation. Why are there 13,000 hours of videotape that we haven't seen? Why is that? What would those hours of videotape show? There's nothing that we shouldn't see. There's nothing secret about that videotape. We have videotape, I presume, in the hall where she was shot, showing both of them. Why haven't we seen that video footage? See, I think we deserve to see that as the American people, and we deserve to be able to hold our own government accountable. It just infuriates me that these investigations happen, and when it involves a government official, (coughs) excuse me, whether that's law enforcement or whoever it is, especially at the level of the federal government, there's never any accountability. People say to me, oh, there's gonna be a government investigation. I always think, so what? It's gonna waste resources. It's gonna be a show trial, a fake thing. And even if they determine something really bad happened, nobody will be disciplined. This is what happened in regard to the IRS attacking the Tea Parties, which I was intimately involved in. It's horrifying stuff and it frustrates me that we don't get real investigations. We can't trust our government. And in fact, we should ask ourselves today, What in the hell is wrong with our federal government? They can't seem to get anything right. The border, security at the Capitol. Like the the border, people are just flooding across the border. They can't secure the border. This is one of the fundamental jobs of the federal government. They don't even want to secure the border. What the hell is wrong with them? Capital and the security, uh, security in the Capitol. You saw what happened. You've seen the videotape from outside. Officers just letting people into the Capitol. Moving barricades aside, I know people who were there, they opened the doors and let people in with no security checks whatsoever. You can't even secure your own capital. What the hell is wrong with the federal government? How about war? We can't win wars anymore. We don't seem as a government to have the will to win war. See, winning a war requires overwhelming force, muscular force, it requires killing people, it requires blowing stuff up. We don't seem to have the will to do this anymore. We can't even tell our own stories to ourselves as a nation, as a nation at the level of the federal government, the story we're going to tell our nation about ourselves is how bad we are, how much we suck, how terrible the country is. That's not the role of the federal government. It's exactly the opposite. Elevate us as what we are the most extraordinary nation in all of American, all of world history. I should say, America is an exceptional nation. We can't even do that. So you got to ask yourselves why? Like, from A to Z, the federal government is screwing up on everything, on the economy, on war, on Afghanistan, on the borders, on COVID, on everything. Is it just complete incompetence? I tend to lean, generally speaking, towards the theory of incompetence. Like if you can blame sort of a conspiracy theory or uh, you know intent versus incompetence, people are more incompetent than intentional, generally speaking, especially in the government. But there's so much now. You got to ask yourself, are people trying to intentionally crash our country? Are they just surrendering? Are they weak? Have they lost the fortitude to stand? I don't know what it is, but it's bad. And so you should not trust a single thing coming out of the federal government right now. Not one thing. Whatever they tell you, if they tell you something about COVID, if they tell you something about Afghanistan, if they tell you something about our elections, don't trust any of it. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. Speaking of Afghanistan, the disaster continues to unfold. 13 American servicemen dead. 13 American servicemen lost their lives. 12 Marines, one Navy corpsman, God bless those servicemen. I salute to them, their families. You guys know my son was a Marine, is a Marine. He's out now, but once a Marine, always a Marine. I know a lot of folks who are in service now. I know people in the 82nd Airborne that are there, that are in in the arena, in the area, on the airfield. It's bad. I'm just gonna say it bluntly. Joe Biden killed those people. And so far the parents of two of those Marines killed Have come out and said Joe Biden killed their sons. Joe Biden made this choice. This is all Joe Biden. This is 100% on Joe Biden. He says the buck stops at me and now I'll blame everybody else, but it's 100% on Joe Biden. He killed those people. He made the stupid decisions that led to that. He gave up Bagram Air Force Base. He turned security over to the Taliban. Apparently, he's intimately involved in all this stuff. I find that a little hard to believe because he doesn't seem even cogent. The speech he gave after those servicemen died was one of the most horrifying, humiliating, embarrassing things I've ever seen. He mumbled, he stumbled, he was literally not cogent. It was like he had just crawled out of bed, hadn't had a cup of coffee, and had been sleeping for 50 years or something. It was horrifyingly bad. And he continued to be worse and worse. You know, when the when the bodies of these servicemen come home, there is a protocol for how you, <laughs> excuse me, transfer these servicemen to their families, it takes place at Dover Air Force Base. And Joe Biden had the good sense to at least be there and to be there for this transfer ceremony. And yet there are images of Joe Biden literally checking his watch very obviously during the sermon, like, look, is it how much longer is it? How, when do I get my pudding? When do I get my insured drink? Maybe he was looking at how long he has to be president. I wish it were not very long for us, for the rest of us, but he literally, that's how disrespectful he was. That's how much he doesn't give a damn about these men who gave their lives. His wife, Jill, oh, Dr. Jill, I'm supposed to call her, right? The greatest doctor ever to live next to Dr. Fauci. Jill Biden had the good sense not to check her watch. She stood there hand over heart, appropriately respectful during the entire ceremony, but our president couldn't even be bothered to do that because honestly he doesn't seem to give a damn of about any of this stuff. He certainly doesn't give a damn about the Afghans that will be killed right I, I saw another story this week that was astounding to me. you know we have an American university there in in Kabul right so this is a university sponsored by the United States. it's a western style university men and women going to school together students had tried to escape had come to the airport had been turned away. And this is what they have been told. You're gonna love this, this is an exact quote. They were told at the gate, we have given your names to the Taliban. Is that some way supposed to make them feel better? Can you imagine? How would you feel? Just imagine yourself in that circumstance. You are afraid of being killed by the Taliban. You know that these guys are 8th century goat herding cavemen who now have $80 billion worth of American military equipment, by the way. Night vision goggles, our guns, over 600,000 small arms, 75,000 vehicles, Cobra helicopters. They've got it all, all the ammunition they could ever need. And then you hear from the American government, we have given them your name. We've given your name to the Taliban. How would you feel? I heard somebody on Fox News this week talking to somebody who was trying to get him out. They had a live telephone conversation. And the guy said, I know I'm dead. I know I'm not going to get out. He'd been aiding the Americans for something like 17 years. He said, I know I'm going to die. He had been turned away at the airport. He actually got inside the airport, and they've sent him back outside the gate. He had American servicemen vouching for him, and they sent him outside the gate. And he likely will die because of Joe Biden. Because of Joe Biden. I will also add, because of our military commanders who lack the actual, I'm just going to say the word, lack the balls to actually say no, to actually object to killing our own servicemen, to actually object to the horrors that we are committing by leaving Afghanistan the way we're leaving Afghanistan. I understand there's a reasonable argument to be had. Should we be there? Should we have been there? Should we be there this long? Should we leave? I get that argument. I'm in favor of staying, by the way. But I get that argument, but how we left, there's nobody that's saying we left property. Leaving Bagram Air Force Base, leaving a secure air force base and trying to secure an airfield. I just talked to somebody this week who has been to that airfield many times, who said almost impossible to secure. So dangerous, the mountains right there, large buildings right there, close in on city streets. And we chose that instead of Bagram. That was Joe Biden's decision, by the way. Uh, Joe Biden was in on all of this stuff apparently. Kamala Harris says she's always the last person in the room. It's on them that these American servicemen are dead. It's on them that Americans are being left behind. It's on them that I don't know how many, 75, 80, 100,000 Afghanis who helped us, Afghans who helped us are going to be left behind and are ultimately likely to be slaughtered by the Taliban, who in really weird Orwellian newspeak, are now told that these are our allies. These are our partners now in Afghanistan because... ISIS-K is our enemy, and the Taliban are our friends. Didn't the Taliban used to be our enemy too, like a week ago or something? I mean, this is just absolute insanity. This is living in an Orwellian nightmare, and it's all on Joe Biden. And by the way, I'm going to say something more broadly. If you voted for Joe Biden, I know, I'm I'm going to be honest, I know you didn't vote for this. I know you didn't think that this would happen. And I get that. And I, I'm not going to condemn you and saying this is on you. I'm going to tell you that if you continue to vote this way, then retroactively this is on you. Because you're saying this is okay. The deaths of American citizens, the, the raping, the pillaging of this country, the torture of young girls being sold into sexual slavery at 12 years old. If you keep voting for Joe Biden, that's on you. I'm not telling you to vote vote for, vote for whoever you want. But just understand you're voting for the guy that did that. I I know that people were insulted by Trump's mean tweets. This is a lot more than mean tweets. And you got to ask yourself, if you were a supporter of Biden, and now you see this, and you see what's going to happen in Afghanistan, and by the way, you're going to watch the entire world slide into chaos because of this. I don't mean to be negative. This is just geopolitical reality. The Russians are emboldened. The Chinese are emboldened. The Chinese, I believe, are going to move on Taiwan for sure. I I just think that's going to happen. They're already out there telling Taiwanese people, hey, you see what the Americans do. They abandon their allies. Germany is going to move away from us. They want the Nord Stream pipeline from the Russians. Why do they want that? They can actually rely on the Russians. They can't rely on us. No one can rely on America anymore. That's on Joe Biden. He's not the only one. Frankly, Trump abandoned the Kurds in Kurdistan. That was horrifying. If you're going to abandon your allies, you got to expect that you're not going to have any allies. That's the way it works. If you don't stand by the people who stand by you when the life, when lives are on the line, people who fight next to your soldiers, if you don't stand with those people, then you should not expect them to stand with you. That's only reasonable and rational, meaning the world is a much more dangerous place. Joe Biden met with Naftali Bennett, the new prime minister of Israel this week, and they talked about the threat of Iran, and he said he's going to stand against Iran and never let Iran have nuclear weapons. How do you think Naftali Bennett feels about that? You think he trusts Joe Biden on that? Why would he? He's not an idiot. I mean, Joe Biden's an idiot. I'm saying Naftali Bennett's not an idiot. He'd be an idiot to trust Joe Biden. So he doesn't. Israeli people don't trust Joe Biden to stand with them because they shouldn't. Let's not forget that his predecessor did the Iran deal, which gave hundreds of billions of dollars to the Iranians who are the biggest exporters of terror on the planet. And that's what Biden's going back to. He likes that deal. His people liked that deal. And so to know that the Israelis are turning away from us or having to look elsewhere, having to take care of themselves. You, you got to know that, all these groups, all these countries that entered into the Abraham Accords that made peace with Israel are looking at Americans saying, well, America's not anymore, that's for sure. They don't have the societal, institutional, national fortitude to stand when the going gets rough. They're not gonna stand with us and for us, so we're on our own. The world is going to become a much more dangerous place because of what Joe Biden has done. You know, I wish that all I could do is attack the Democrats, say it's all Democrats, all Democrats, they're all the problem. But look at the GOP. And ask yourself this question about the GOP. What does the GOP stand for? Literally what? Anything. Oh, I know the GOP is the party of limited government, right? Nope. Nope. That's not the case anymore. They spend just like the left spends. They blow out the budgets just like the left blows out the budgets. They raise the debt ceiling. They don't mind the deficit. They voted a bunch of them for $1 trillion in spending. what do they stand for? I know what they stand for. I'm sure of what they stand for. They stand for strong border security, right? Nope. How'd that work out for us? Did the wall get built during Trump administration? Nope, it didn't. So what do they stand for? I know what they stand for. They stand for fidelity to the Constitution, right? Only putting the best constitutionalists on the Supreme Court. Nope, that didn't work out very well for us. Brett Kavanaugh, who they all defended so vociferously, right, Brett Kavanaugh, it turns out he's a squish. What do they stand for? What is it that Republicans stand for? What's their platform? Anybody? Bueller? Meckler, anybody know what they stand for? I have no idea what Republicans stand for. What's Mitch McConnell stand for? A mutant ninja turtle power? I don't like. I don't know what Mitch McConnell stands for. Doing business with the Chinese, maybe? Maybe that's what he stands for. I don't know. What's McCarthy stand for? The minority leader. Republicans actually used to be pretty good at being in the minority they were they were a pretty good minority party. They've never been a good ruling party in my opinion, but as a minority party, they're pretty strong fighters. Now, what do they stand for? I don't even know. I mean, I'm not saying this facetiously. Can anybody tell me what the Republican Party stands for? They don't stand against the Democratic Party. They don't stand for any principles that I can tell. They don't stand for American exceptionalism. They don't stand for strong border security. They don't stand for for fiscal responsibility. They don't stand for the Constitution. What in God's name do they stand for? I don't know. It's more like now we got the Uniparty, right? And the Uniparty, the Republicrats or the Demicans or whatever you wanna call them, they're all left of center. Some are way far left and some are closer to the middle. Those are what we call Republicans today. But the party as a whole, it doesn't stand for Jack now. And they better get their backsides together. They have a historic opportunity in 2022. But if they don't start standing for something, look, I'll give you a perfect example. Why are they approving Biden's nominees for anything? In the Senate, they could just completely shut that down. And they should. The Democrats were completely obstructionist during the Trump administration. And now the Democrats are putting up the most radical nominees in American history. Dr. Rachel Levine, him, he, the man, the ugly, hideous man dressed as a woman who is now Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services who believes in chemical castration of children was voted on and approved by Republicans. If you can't stand against that, A man pretending to be a woman, clearly a man dressed as a woman pretending to be a woman, a man who is clearly mentally ill and believes in the chemical castration of children as the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services. If you can't stand against that, what in God's name can you stand against? And the answer is for the Republicans, nothing. So far as I'm aware, I really can't tell what they would stand against. And they better get it together and you better remember, Never, ever, never, never, never trust Washington, D.C. on anything, ever. Not on COVID, not on war policy, not on border security, not to do a real investigation about the Ashley Babbitt shooting. Don't trust D.C. Notice the shirt. Term limits now. Call a convention of states, kick them out of Washington, D.C. Because I mean, I think we would be better off. I forget who said it, but just pick. 535 random people out of the phone book that seems like it'd be better than the imbeciles we have in washington dc right now all right we're gonna go to questions oh one more thing i'm getting questions about north carolina and what's going on in north carolina we passed the house back in may and the senate were stalled out so what's going on in north carolina and my answer is i got no idea i got no idea Here's what I say when people tell me they're not sure if they support convention of states or not right now. And this goes for senators in North Carolina, anybody, anywhere, this is what I say. What? Like What? How bad does it have to get before you wanna take the power away from Washington, DC? How bad do they have to crash the country? How ugly do things have to be? How much does the federal government have to run away? How high does the deficit have to be? How open do the borders have to be? How stupid, how moronic, how idiotic do the people have to be in Washington DC before the states will take their power back? I don't, so it's literally when people tell me that they're opposed to convention of states right now, I'm worried about a runaway convention. All I can say is what the ever loving I'm at a loss for words. It's hard for me not to swear, to be honest with you, when I hear that. There was a time when I would, I could explain it to people and just say, hey, there's not gonna be a runaway, you don't have to worry about it, here's why it's important to do. Today, it's just like, what the hell? Seriously? Really, that's where you are? Really? You're not willing to push back against Washington DC? Really? Today, now? With what we see on the, do you not have a TV? Do you not have this thing called the web? the interweb, the internet, whatever you want to call. Don't you have a computer? You don't know, oh, I get it. You've been in a cave. You're like Rumpelstiltskin. You've been asleep for a very long time. You just woke up. You don't understand what's going on in Washington, DC. Because honestly, if you oppose Convention of States right now, that's where you are. You just, so what's going on in North Carolina? I don't know. We'll keep working. I can tell you our team on the ground is working. We're doing everything we can. We're going to push. We're going to fight. We never give up. But right now, I can't tell you exactly why. What I've heard is people in the caucus don't want it. The caucus, meaning the Republican caucus, that leadership will run it if the caucus wants it. I don't know exactly what that means, but we'll keep fighting. All right, I'm going to go to Q&A right now. Uh, Let's see what we've got here from Producer G, the wonderful, miraculous, amazing Producer G I got to be with in Nashville. Let's see, Andre Emerson says, congratulations on your anniversary. That's very nice, I appreciate that. Jason Brown says, will DC care when we hold the convention? Oh yeah, they'll care. In fact, most people in DC are against it because they are afraid of the people rising up. In fact, in American history, when we've gotten some previous amendments that we wanted, it's because this is how we got the Bill of Rights, by the way, the American people rose up, the state said, we're gonna hold a convention, and finally DC proposed the Bill of Rights. Uh, Bill McDowell says, after the midterms, could Republicans investigate it again? And the answer is absolutely, Bill. They could investigate. They could open an investigation into the Ashley Babbitt shooting, and they damn well better. I mean, they could open an investigation right now, their own independent investigation. They have the authority to do it. Democrats wouldn't participate, but they should do it now. Caitlin Calhoun says, I was fired for not complying with the vaccine mandate. Our freedom has been stripped. What recourse do we have? Caitlin, what I would do is contact Alliance Defending Freedom. There's a few other organizations that are doing it out there that are are representing people like you. I don't know if you have a case or not. Uh, Private entities have a lot more room, but I'm going to tell you, my opinion, you're a hero. And I know it doesn't make it easier, but you did the right thing. You should reach out to people like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles and Mark Levin and Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and get your story out there because people need to hear it. Uh, Bill Matthews says this, Mark... Riddle me this. Uh, So we're going back to the uh, Riddler references. Who's running our government? It doesn't seem like it's the person we see on TV. So who is it? Look, here's, I'm just, this is me theorizing. If you look at who Biden is surrounded by, it's people from the old Obama administration. And so it's really Obama's third term. Ron Klein, I think is the chief of staff. I would guess he's kind of the linchpin, but I think there's a group of people and it's just all Obama- Policies. That's that's what you look at. All right. One last thing: uh, Will the convention be open to all? Will it be streamed? Where will it be held? Yes, it'll be open to all states. In other words, all states will send delegates and participate. Will it be streamed? Absolutely. I'm guessing it'll be on C-SPAN and every other network. Where will it be held is the big question. Likely, it'll start in D.C. because Congress says where, and then everybody I've talked to in the states, all the legislators who've already passed convention of states resolutions, say they'll move it to somewhere in the middle of the country. So likely they'll convene in DC either one day gavel in gavel out and move it somewhere else. All right. I think we're at the bottom of the hour. So we're out of time because you guys all need to go see Rick green on his front porch live. He's a good friend, brother from another mother. So go see Rick. I'm sure he'll echo what I'm telling you this week, which is don't trust Washington DC. If you want any of the swag, the hat, the shirt, all that stuff, convention forward slash store, get involved sign the petition click the take action tab become a volunteer only you can save the country kind of like smokey the berries say only you can prevent forest fires only you can save the country conventionofstates.com god bless y'all we'll see you next week on the battle cry this has been the podcast version of the battle cry with convention of states action president mark meckler check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem thank you for listening